folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except we're extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome back to Channel Massive. This is episode 256, Tales from the Dungeon, on holiday. On holiday. We have Mark here. I am here. And we have Noah here. And Noah is here. We are Channel Massive. Yes, massively channeling. <laughs> As always, to the interwebs. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are netcasting. Netcast. Yeah, we were checking out Twit TV and... I asked Mark, what's a netcast? And he had to explain it to me. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Leo Lepore likes the term netcast because he's actually had people say, I can't listen to any of your shows because I don't have an iPod. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's it. I'm changing the name. It's one man's desperate fight against an entire movement. But, hey. You know. <laughs> well, I remember when you very first told me about about podcasts and I wasn't familiar with them. And I'm like, well, I don't have an Apple. So I, thought, I can totally I see that. I thought you were going to say I don't have a pod speeder. I'm, uh, I'm so, a pod racer. A pod racer? Yeah, I don't have a pod racer. You know what I was moving? I actually found my old uh, pit crew pod racing jacket that I got from the original Star oh, Wars wow. Celebration that was here in Denver back in 1999. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. Good, good times. times. Good times, man. Yeah, pod racing. Back when you were a pod racer on Tatooine. Back before I knew how awful episode one was going to be. I remember that. I remember um, being so excited about it. And, you know, I wasn't initially as excited about it as I probably should have been. But um, my brother-in-law, Jim, former currently mothballed podcaster from <laughs> yeah. this show, he was, like, really hoping it would be, like, everything that Star Wars, you know, episode four was to him. Yeah. And and it got really contagious, and so it started to psych me up. And then Jason was really excited about it, and I just remember being so psyched up that I went and saw it with those two. And then I was like, after it was over, I was kind of like, well, I liked that red and black guy a lot <laughs> with the horns, and I, I liked the, the, the lightsaber battle. But that tall, cre crazy creature with the big ears, you know, uh. I I... Yeah, whose name I won't will not utter, um, you know, bu bummed me out. But even after we were all still excited about it, and then it was like a few yeah. days later, like everybody's opinions started to slowly, the reality set in. Yeah, they were like, on second thought, that may have sucked. Yep. And then it's like, yeah, that really wasn't that great. So but, many bad but things. But then we thought, well, George can surely he can redeem himself with the next two. And then, as far as I know, the second episode was okay to me. Yeah. Um, Aside from the romance stuff, everything else was cool. The third one was definitely my favorite. Yeah. But yeah. the romance was so bad. Really the, bad. The, 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 the way they... The lines they came up with could not have been read <laughs> more woodenly if it had been a Pinocchio Star Wars <laughs> saga. You know what I mean? It was just like, I 
love you, I love you. And I love that you love the love that I love you with lovingly love. And the and force like, is strong this is Natalie in my love. Portman, who's like an award-winning actress. Yeah. And, you know, like if it had been two nobodies, maybe. But even it even brought her down. You know, which mm-hmm. I mean, to the ground. It, it was really sad, and so. Yeah, anyway. if that had been her premiere movie. She would have been forgotten. She wouldn't have gone anywhere. That she'd would have been be, the beginning and the end. She'd be right up there with Christian Hayden or whatever his name is. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Hey, yeah. I had it. I had you it. You're very right. close. You're very close. Yeah. So, what has that guy done lately? I do. Not I don't know. know. He started out having some promise, and then it did some indie movies, and then he was gone. Yeah. And so, listeners, apparently, we are setting a trend after last week that we'll talk about movies randomly (laughs) just because we can because we can we'll coin phrases i didn't see world war z yet have you seen it i have not seen world i really want to see it i haven't seen world war z and i haven't seen man of steel so i'm i haven't seen that either in the times yeah i think those are available in 3d too they are yeah at least for a while Uh, pretty soon man of steel's gonna go away you know (laughs) It's only been out for two weeks. I know, but I'm panicking. I'm really panicking. I've been trying. Oh, you're panicking that's going to get rotated out of 3D. Yeah, and I, I know oh. it'll be like on some like you know TV like like a four inch TV viewing room or something like that. <laughs> I've been really trying to get my wife to go see it with the kids, and she's afraid that it, the content's not good. But I'm like, well, yeah, it's apparently Superman super violent. Yeah, and I, so she may be right, but I had talked to um, a friend who said that it's less violent than the Avengers and you know, hmm. kids saw that yeah, twice. Yeah, that was pretty violent in the final New York scene. But I really liked it. Yeah, no, it, it heard, wasn't scary violent. I've heard that people don't like the last quarter of Superman because it's all battle scenes and I say to them, what the hell do you like comic book characters for? The really good writing? What? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of want to see the super overdone action oh, yeah. scenes. That's what you go to for you. You see movie blockbusters for that. That's why I like the Avengers. Yeah, I, I really, that's why I loved Iron Man three. Oh gosh, Iron oh, Man that was 3. such a good movie. That is probably my favorite right now of like all the Marvel movies. Even even with yeah. Avengers, it, Avengers is awesome. It's a close tie. I don't know. I probably whichever one I've seen the most recently. That's probably we'll be the, the winner. I like the best. Yeah. Yeah, listeners, so we're Mark and I have become 3D oh, junkies. Yeah. In fact, we were just we were just drilling over some Robert Space Industries Star Citizen trailers and oh man, yeah, that is promos, so... and it's just like, what if this is in 3D, and what if it's an Oculus Rift? This would be so awesome. So if that game supports the Oculus Rift, which is I was looking for that when I found yet more footage, so I still don't know the answer. Yeah. So we're we're recording blind in, in knowledge <laughs> as far as that goes, but I. I would actually buy one just for that game. I, I, already, I, I already have the game coming because of doing the Kickstarter. I didn't do the Kickstarter. I did the crowdsourcing on his website, but I'm already yeah. you know, lined up for that. But if it does the Oculus Rift, I'm going to buy one of those, and I'm going to upgrade my damn system because Chris Roberts is the reason why I bought. I got into PC gaming mm-hmm. in the first place. It was Wing Commander 1. I was a total Amiga head. I was all <laughs> into my Amiga. I was at the Amiga's Users Group. And this was the ultimate blasphemous treason, right? <laughs> the head of the Amiga's users group goes, 
as we were filing out, it was, hey, guys, want to see this Wing Commander game? And we were like, yeah, fire it up! And we were like, that's not an Amiga he's going over to. Like, what is that PC doing here? You know, so we were just about to crucify him. But then he got it started, and we saw... Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! He's doing a little Jesus Christ Had to go with the lashes there. Normally I would count on Jason to have a musical... Tangent, but you totally did one. That's awesome. That, that, well, with Jason gone, sometimes I have to fill multiple roles, so I'll also fart a lot during the podcast. But, but uh, mean some belches too. I forget. might have to belch while talking, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, chew some tobacco and spit. It'll be great. But but anyway, um, I can't wait, he, and neither can the listeners. And yeah. So anyway, he unveils this PC and showing us Wing Commander. And, like, everybody's jaw just dropped, because we hadn't seen... <laughs> and then the Amiga group became the PC group. Well, at least two of us definitely <laughs> started scheming on how to work our way through a, getting a PC. And so, as a result of that, I took my hard drive that I had got for my Amiga 500 and, and pulled it out of its little chassis. It was an 80 meg hard drive. And wow. bought this PC without a hard drive and put it in there like a clone. Yeah. And got that game and I was a happy camper. Wow. I loved I loved it. So I, I could actually see this this could be my Star Wars where I'm like so excited about something that he did in the past that I just blindly <laughs> go in with great expectations for the like, future. I upgraded for this. This is crap. It's the same thing over and over. It's <laughs> Rebel Assault, basically. But well, I don't think it will be that on I rails. Not. Well, I hope it's not like Eve, because one of those promo trailers we're watching was like, it's like Eve. Yeah. Like, oh. It didn't look anything like Eve, except there were space and ships and rocks. <laughs> and some some light. Yeah, but the the action. I mean, just when they get into the little canopy and the all oh, the things gosh. start moving around, and, all the screens and, and pop can, up and out, and got some wild art direction. And then the really takeoff. Cool. Oh yeah, concept was, where you're just shuttling, shooting down the hangar. It was just like those launch tubes from Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, man, yeah. I missed that show. Yeah, me too. That <sighs> anyway, we're all excited about that yeah. game. Yeah, and the the thought of ha- oh the, well, that was the coolest feature there talking about where you could get your friends together and each man like a station on a starship. Oh, yeah. I've always thought that would be so awesome. There's Except that. to be the communications officer, that role probably not <laughs> as much as others. It's like, you, you could like I could see you especially Mark like hoarding information that you're getting as, as a communications officer, so <laughs> yeah. people will learn to value you and feel that the entire game hinges upon your special information exactly. that you're not disseminating. Hail, hail that starship! I will, but first on a I'd closed like channel, everyone to recognize me in my this moment as I perform my duty. Uh, you know, feel free to just. You know, throw praise at me. <laughs> Give me some encouragement. Uh, you can do it. And then, I, and then I'd totally it. be like the middleman. Like, well, they say they're a little angry, but I wouldn't like. Like, I wouldn't put them on the screen or anything <laughs> no. like that. I'd have to <laughs> just quietly, like you pull out a little tiny view screen that you right. like look into. <laughs> I, I like come up with some way to make some profit in the in the transaction. Right? It's like, <laughs> well, it looks like we're going to be able to land on the planet, except for Noah. You will be jettisoned into space, but it's okay. It's just an offering. It's an offering. Think of it as a, I don't know, a spacewalk. 
good. Yeah, that reminds me of that downloadable game that I'm really looking forward to. It's like Lovers in a Space-Time Continuum or something like that, where it's that neon pink round spaceship and there's just two people and it's like platforming action where you have to constantly run between all the different stations. Yeah, it's a little bit like FTL. Yeah. Um, a little bit like... But multiplayer. Yeah. Which would yeah, be pretty cool. Yeah, that looks cool. pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what's going to come out first if that game or Star Citizen will. When does Star Citizen do? Is that I, for I, next year? I, as usual, I'm completely unprepared for this. Well, what the hell? That's why it's not in our show I notes, I don't know listeners. about the Oculus Rift. I don't know when it's going to launch. But I do know that this weekend, um, <laughs> which would be... what What is today's date? The It is the 27th, I think, or 28th? 27th, 20, yeah. Today's the 23rd. No. No, no you're living in the past. That would be I before I moved. Week. So... <laughs> So, yeah, so this weekend, um, they're going to have something for, like, a, like a streaming live thing? cast to unveil some of their ships oh, and stuff. So that sounds really that cool. That should be really cool. Hopefully, people will be watching that and put it into YouTube format for those of us who can't just sit at our computers all weekend. Yeah. But that'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm going to definitely have to disgorge myself on that. Yeah. I Because I will not be able to do that i am going to be cleaning my old apartment and moving my aquarium cleaning, cleaning this your is old the apartment. dawning of the age of aquarium <laughs> <laughs> aquarium yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so listeners i was not at this week's dungeons and dragons online session but we are still going to talk yeah. about that in this episode we did not allow him to play we uh, <laughs> due to behavior we still let everything happen I just wasn't there. So in this episode, this is our introduction still. We'll tell you what happened last week in Channel Massive. We have a ton of news, again, because it it worked out so well for us last week. It's our shotgun. (laughs) And then we have a summary of what happened in DDO this last Monday. And then we'll tell you what's going on next time on Channel Massive. If you are a subscriber to the show, you may have noticed that last week's episode, number 255, was available a little bit earlier than normal. And that's because it all goes back to the stand move that I had to do where I was in, I had to pack, 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 pack all weekend long to prepare for a move on Monday. I didn't have any internet. And I knew I wouldn't be able to worry about it in the middle of packing. So I edited and posted the episode really early, aside from when it was going to auto-post on our website. So if you subscribe to us in iTunes... You'll get the episode as soon as it's available. Now, this will work every time Noah moves, so yeah. just be aware. It could happen any time. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm transient. I'm a he's, gypsy. He's, he's homeless. <laughs> he's, homeless with an internet. He's, got a, he's even podcasting with a cardboard sign. and It's, <laughs> it's like most homeless peoples you see, but his English is perfect. And, uh, of course, I the, still have the most penmanship teeth. is quite nice. Yes, he has... <laughs> He has he has four out of well three out of four of his front front teeth and uh, <laughs> the Daisy Dukes are kind of disturbing though so we're gonna we're gonna ask that, that hey, I gotta that, pay bills next week we don't go with the the impoverished pool boy motif and maybe go with something a little better but uh, yeah you know um, oh goodness yeah it's it's a sad sad thing so tell to us see him selling himself for money. <laughs> Cool well, fact. you said last week that you're a whore for listeners, and well, I was a crazy you will do it in a literal sense, I just won't not do the that. figurative sense. <laughs> yeah. So I got to do what I got to do on the streets, <laughs> and you could do that with our corporate sponsors. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. And somewhere we'll meet in the middle, and our audience mm-hmm. space will just grow. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 
John TV versus <laughs> Corporate Chills. I'm excited about the new direction. John TV? <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? No. Is that where they like they show the people the, the who busted. solicited the prostitutes? Yeah, it was a Denver thing. It was yeah. on like public TV, and it was That's like right. all the because we have this street called Colfax, which is like the longest street in America. Yeah, and also along it, in several different locations, in some areas that are slightly dicey there you can find ladies who will sell their 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 flowers affections. they will sell their affections for for cash money and uh and anyway the guys that would get busted every week they would somehow i don't know if they had like video of them or just pictures of it was them pictures of their mugshots but shots. it was like this hall yeah. of shame thing called um John TV where they would show all the guys that got busted and um I've been on it several times. It's, 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 I consider it a badge of honor, and uh, you know, it's it, a three-peat. It's a three-peat. Yeah, the first time, you know, I was young and innocent. The second time, I was a little more jaded, and the, the last time, you know, I I had my pimp suit on, so I was looking good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting, strange way to shame people, I guess. But, yeah, but. Anyway, that's right, so our next project. That's another piece of trivia for you about our hometown and state. I believe it's been... I don't think it's live anymore. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard of it in a long time. I've been time, thinking so. of resurrecting it. I think it could be, you should. It could be a big hit. <clears throat> it could be an extra podcast But this time we'll show week. the hookers, too. So it'll show the guy and like all the hell he's facing, right? And then you'll see this hooker and you'll be like, really? For that? You... That's what you chose. You chose that. Well, you're into that, are you? Oh, (laughs) well, (laughs) that's not even a woman. That's just an inflatable doll. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, so we did that last week on Channel Massive. We talked about our third session in Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Yep. yep. Because we got to level three, and we talked about news. and Prophesized the level four. We did. Yeah. Incorrectly, so from what I've heard. Incorrect, yes. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think that I missed. I, I, so I didn't miss my my level there. But also last week you came up with the phrase. accidentally coined the phrase "conky dong," <laughs> which went over well. <laughs> it's it's kind of like sixteen bit porn. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was an unfortunate. Uh, I don't know, tongue twisted. I I don't know what happened there. I, and then there was the math. The math problem where oh yeah you take t- <laughs> <laughs> how many dongs do you get when you combine two dongs with three dongs yeah. oh you got it wrong now you get a conk <laughs> you get a conk <laughs> oh yeah it was the new children's educational series for math for those challenged with math it's like yeah oh it was, it was my like gosh a, kind of like to get you ready for pre-algebra. Now, normally, if something were that funny, I would have made that the title of the episode, but I'm not sure how many people would download an episode called Conky Dong. Yeah, we might have a whole different user base that we don't want, or listener base. The listenership has been great. Well, they would just have disappointed expectations. They would, because they'd, they'd be like, oh, that's not at all what that's I was That's not signing what I was looking for. for. These are not the dongs you're looking for. Yeah, these are not exactly not what I had hoped for. I thought this was like a podcast about chat roulette, and instead... I have to listen to gaming goodness and how people play some game called DDO. Could you imagine a Conky Dong Chat Roulette channel? Oh my god. It'd probably be highly successful because you could pretty well predict what the content would be. Uh, Yeah. Or you have to give yourself a conk if you don't see it on. Yeah. Oh no. That's just somebody Uh. sitting there. Conk. You get a conk. Everyone gets a conk. Yeah. This could go really, really bad places, so I'm going to 
stop. We're gonna have to stop right here. Let's let's take a break and refocus. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into in this. We're we're moving on from Conky Dong, and we're gonna, gonna get, get into a, a massive news fire hose. <laughs> 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 no similarity. Not phallic enough for you. <laughs> Massive news fire hose. <laughs> I did not. Did I intentionally do that? I don't feel like I intentionally did that. It just happened, okay? A vast <clears throat> canyon of <laughs> listeners are waiting desperately for help. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh, if I. Yeah, we'll all right. On. We gotta stop getting high before we do <laughs> All right, so Mark is going to be our news expert, our chaperone through these news stories. Um, that is only because I have read the first paragraph of each news story. In, in so typical, this is going to be I'm, I'm very working, authoritative. I'm working on my executive skills. And <laughs> so speed reading ability. <laughs> the only, the, all the quality of contents in the first paragraph, which I consider the executive summary. So... Um, I say, Mark, do these news stories look good? Yeah, not read them. <laughs> I'm ready to rock. Basic structure of news stories: you put all the most important information in the lead, so yeah. you don't need to read more than the open paragraph. Yeah, it's all it's all right there. It's just I know good, what it is. It's good journalism. All right. Well, then our first story is Baldur's Gate, right? Baldur's Gate Three still possible despite legal hell, says Beamdog. Um, this is from Polygon. Now, the interesting thing is, I I hadn't really been aware that there were talks about Baldur's I didn't Gate Three. I, yeah. I was aware of the enhanced edition, which at first I was like kind of poo-pooing it, but because I guess there's enough mods for regular Baldur's Gate that you can pretty much achieve the enhanced edition, just oh. not with the shiny, you know, all the packaging and everything. Yeah. But um, Beamdog Studio head Trent Oster was talking to Rock Paper Shotgun and said that. Sorry, I was just going back to the canyon of listeners. A <laughs> vast canyon of. Eager listeners this waiting to receive. I'm sorry, listener. This is how my mind works. If something really makes me laugh, I replay it over and over in my head for like the following three minutes. So if you hear me laughing and Mark's not saying something funny, just know that that's what it is. And I apologize for the interruption, Mark. It's delayed. What do they call that? It's like a delayed. It's like a feedback loop. I don't know. Yeah. It's a humor loop in my mind. Humor loop. That was funny. I'm laughing. It's funny again. Um. But but anyway, um, Beamdog Studio Head Trin Oster was talking to Rock Paper Shotgun and said that he's been dealing with some really bad legal woes, um, and because of that, they've put Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition on indefinite hold, which I also did not know about. But not only that, they have a patch that they have almost ready to um, get out to the public for Baldur's Gate one enhanced edition that's also on hold until they get these legal issues resolved, and then, of course, they won't—they won't take the low road and tell us who they're having the legal issues with. However, we could pretty well just <clears throat> who guess could it be? It would be Interplay. Yeah. And um, some of the commenters, of course, agree with that. On over on Polygon, one of my favorite comments from Team Fifty Six says, and it's actually the first comment listed. Pretty sure it's Interplay. Making all the legal fusses without actually making a single game for more than ten years. Well, hats yeah. off to you, Interplay. First it was Fallout, now it's this. You it's are too bad. the pain in the ass of all game development <clears throat> with really I hate good though IPs. it's like we've talked in this show about 
patent trolls before, like that dude behind the Edge trademark, and he was like, oh yeah, suing Electronic Arts for Mirror's Edge, and there was some other game company that used Edge in its title. Daryl McBride from SCO suing everyone who ever uses anything Unix-like, saying we had that, we had that. Oh yeah, and then there's some online patent holder that's sued every MMO maker since, uh, saying like, oh you're you're infringing on my patent for an online community. Oh yes, because I I have patented the I have patented the algorithm which allows one person to type something that shows up on someone else's screen remotely. Yeah. Therefore, EverQuest ripoff, World of Warcraft ripoff. It's just it stuff like that. There. Those people don't have any credibility. But Interplay had a history. They had a legacy, a library of great games, and that they're. Developing a it's, totally different reputation legacy is not cool. It's like they've disgraced themselves. They're like the developer that went out and pooped in the pool in front of everyone. You well, know? it's also like it's the like, Duke Nukem people, the original Duke Nukem people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Term, terminal Reality? I can't remember what their name was. Um, Something like that. What were they called? <sighs> Term, yeah, I can't remember. I, I, it's sad that I don't, just because I'm such a Duke Nukem 3 fan, but 3D, but... But it would be cool. Maybe if Baldur's Gate 3 gets made that and and Beamdog does a decent job with it. I'm not sure if we have anybody out there who's tried, played from beginning to end of the enhanced edition of Baldur's Gate 1, but... Yeah, I was planning on getting it. You can't. They've even taken the app out of the app store. That's right, yeah. You can't even download it so, even if you have it, so it's just like... I don't know. It's it's really sad. I, I hope that stuff like this... I guess it will never go away, you know? And, and how is your patent that you've been working on on breathing... Is that is that are you getting any uh, success uh, with that? It's coming along. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Soon I'll be coming after you, Mark. Oh well, I, I'm sure I'd be the first one you'd go <laughs> after because of all my, all everything you see of here all your breathing that I hear <laughs> on the headphones. Yeah. Every time I've heard that Every on the podcast, breath I take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be suing you. <laughs> I'll be suing you. <laughs> Oh, can't you see? <laughs> Your money belongs to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that, that was This of, is such a musical this, episode. That was my Tarzan boy mixed with every breath you take combination there. Classics. Um, In the making. You know, speaking of classic, you know, trying to figure out <laughs> passwords for World of Warcraft never goes out of style. <laughs> I know, it's one of my... Cottage industries, personal hobbies. It was fun when it first came out. It was fun fun four years ago, and by gosh, it's still fun. Whenever I run out of lives in Candy Crush Saga, I switch over to trying to guess your password, Mark. I I know. And someone has successfully guessed my password. (laughs) In China. In in previous years. uh, (laughs) So I went ahead and got the software authenticator and felt that I was now completely safe. But according to an article on Polygon... The well is deep at Polygon for stories tonight. Yeah, sorry, listeners. Yeah, I'm kind of a Polygon fanboy. He is a bit of a fan, but it's great. It's a great site. But um, but in in any case, um, there's a problem with their mobile armory app, which I always wondered. So you know, I got the authenticator for my phone. Yeah. For World of Warcraft, because I was like, never again will this happen. And you know, as far as I know, it's been fine. As far as my security. Because it's two-factor authentication now. Yeah. However, I got the mobile armory app later for my iPhone. And I assumed, with the ass highlighted there, that that meant that somehow it linked to the authenticator app. Which, in retrospect, was a completely stupid idea. How could that work? 
there's no way that one app is going to just silently well, yeah. pull It needs that. to be the same app. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, it doesn't. The mobile Armory app doesn't use the two-factor authentication. So that means that people are running um, password crackers against the mobile Armory app. Oh. And so they figure out your password that way. Now, I'm not sure what how that works as far as getting into your account to um you know take it i don't understand it but but anyway there's a big problem with this they've taken the auction house the mobile app for the auction house is temporarily offline as they try to figure it out and um, customer support is busily restoring in-game items and gold for any impacted accounts upon request so maybe they just use the armory app to trade your gold i didn't know, even know you could do that with it it's an interesting yeah thought. i thought that it was purely informational just a way for you to see yeah. what's in your inventory well, i knew i could sell stuff on the auction house with it oh maybe oh, there sell we go stuff for zero gold and or you know one copper and then you're ready to buy it on that same server yeah so you just totally you better get cracking on that armory hacking so i guess they can't they technically can't still log into your account but they can pillage your inventory. They can pillage you nonetheless. Yeah. I don't know what else you can do with that. I haven't looked at it for about, I don't know, since we stopped playing WoW. I'll have to check it out. In any case, we're not as safe as we thought. With the, with the, with the always, always happening. Even World of Warcraft, the biggest MMO. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of speechless. So... <laughs> Speaking of speechless and silent things, <laughs> the Ouya has come out of the gates fairly quietly <laughs> to pretty much universal non-fanfare or yeah. uh, notice. And um, again, at, at Polygon, it, it's just common theme tonight, um, they have a story about the retail launch of the Ouya and how... Um, people are going around to Best Buys and GameStops or GameSpot, GameStops, and saying, "Hey, I want to see the gigantic demo you have for the Ouya, and I want to know how many you sold." And they're like, "What?" And then there's crickets <laughs> chirping, and then they're like, "We think we heard something about maybe getting one of those. Maybe we our store in Arkansas has one. We think if you want to oh, go wow. there." Um, so. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's come with demo units. Um, so it's just basically stocked next to the mice and the keyboards. And sure, I'll throw throw an Ouya into the basket. I'll get one of those too. Yeah, Target is listed as an official retailer. Yet its online retail site says that the console is not available in store or online via its website. Psst. Ironically, it is selling the controller and the gift cards. So. Go out and buy those now because someday <laughs> they're going to be hard to find. <laughs> they're going to be hard to find once you finally get your Ouya. Um, the folks that make Ouya are actually not that upset about the silent launch. They say, "Hey, every month where we sell more than we sold the previous month is a win for us." Well, isn't that so, optimistic of them? So, and they, of course they had a Kickstarter and and everything or a crowdsource thing. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's I think it's interesting. I, I, I didn't think it was interesting enough to no to contribute. And it's kind of had a, a fizzle of a launch because people have been able to get them up till now <clears throat> before the retail launch. People have been like, eh, not that exciting. It's yeah. good for emulators. 
I guess they've been having some trouble actually delivering the Yuyas to the folks who supported the launch via Kickstarter. And of course, that's oh. not going over well either because those are the rabid loyal fans, and you don't want to irritate them because it is they are those people that have that love hate thing kind of down to where that guy love Uya. Well, as soon as I get my Uya, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my Xbox 360 outside and shoot it and film it and put it on YouTube because I'm loyal to Uya. And then they're like, Yeah, your Uya will be approximately one day later delivered than <laughs> earlier anticipated. And then they <laughs> get on the forums and basically it just you know sets it on fire. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that can't help either. I hope things go better for them. I hope that they start to get some actual players. Yeah, comes. I was excited about this year because it was supposed to be the year of the new consoles between Ouya and we have NVIDIA's Shield and the Xbox and yeah. the PS4. Just so many consoles and systems coming out, so many options, and the the mystery of what's Steam's console going to be. <clears throat> then we have a later story about another major company potentially coming out with a console. And... It feels at the moment that some of these more grassroots projects are are having issues stumbling. They're kind of stumbling out of the gate, and it's returning the story and the press to really just being about Sony and Microsoft's new machine. Yeah. But hey, if you didn't try, you'd never know. But maybe this will work out well. The people that made quantum conundrum which is headed up by the woman who is kind of responsible for heading up portal and portal 2 at valve she then left valve and joined airtight games and they made quantum conundrum which is kind of a portal ripoff and now they're making a game exclusively for ouya it's kind of a like double dragon i think attack type game Uh except it's it's something it's I can't remember the name of it, but it basically combines Vikings with 70s black exploitation. Oh, perfect. And you play this soul brother Viking dude. Oh, yeah, that's like I guess me. who's running around with the fro and he's killing Viking dudes, but he's a Viking as well. I don't know. It's wow. really surreal. It looks really catchy and neat, and it's going to be exclusive to Ouya, so I don't know. Maybe games like that can help it well, get a little more know, buzz. The, the Ouya, it, on, it, on the plus side, if you can find one, like the A-Team, it's hard <laughs> to find. Um it's 99 bucks, and it comes with 170 games of, as has been stated, varying quality. So, you know, of that lot, there's probably a few that are good. Plus, there's going to be games like this, you know, future games coming out for it. So, you know, I just hope they can kind of weather the storm of any bad press, or no press is really bad press, which they're kind of getting right now. So the game is called Soul Fjord, I misspoke. Soul Fjord! Yeah. Where you will wield Mjolnir in one hand and a 40 in the other. <laughs> and uh, Rampage and Plunder. Sounds pretty yeah. cool to me. So, speaking of consoles, Sony has snarkily said, Hey, all that negative response to Xbox One's DRM policies and its initial reveal proved to be very a, a very useful source, quote-unquote, for PS4 marketing decisions. Right, and as I've said, the entire PS4 marketing strategy was to say, hey, we're not that guy. <laughs> we're doing the status quo, as it turns yes, out. We're, we're nothing like Xbox. We do things our own way, which is to say, better. 
And it, I, I think it's funny that they went out of their way to make this a story to say this when when they also couched it within don't get us wrong we didn't make any new decisions or changes to our strategy based on the re- the reaction to xbox one we just were reaffirmed in our original strategies i'm like i'm not sure that's 100 percent the case i believe they were like what we're gonna do is we're gonna let microsoft <clears throat> try yeah and if people buy it we're gonna do it too yeah but if those people figure out what it means and throw a fit, then we'll just be like, yeah, we're not those guys. And of course, that's exactly what happened because it was disastrous for Microsoft. The entire, everything leading up to E3 and E3 was, I can't think of a single win they had. Short of deciding. Microsoft? Yeah. Well, they had a lot of really cool exclusives that Sony doesn't have. That's true. They have the exclusives, which of course probably made sense because they promised all the um, publishers that, hey, they're not going to be able to resell these games, so give us those exclusives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's, did you hear? This is related news from Microsoft that they've announced um, an update for Windows 8 called Windows 8.1. Yeah. Which will have the start, button the start button at boot. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. It's not a, a complete one-to-one representation of the start button, but you can now have it on there. Yeah. Use Input your Windows into key. It. Yeah. Go to Microsoft. And then also speaking, of, another good tangent to this, it's a correlated story. One of the hugest stories that came out of E3 was, of course, that PS4 is launching at $100, $100 cheaper than Xbox One. So it's going to be $399 instead of Xbox One's $499. And Sony claimed that all along, well, that was our idea. We were going to do that. But it turns out that wasn't entirely true because originally the PS4 was going to launch at the same price because, just like Xbox One, it was going to mandatorily include its little PlayStation Eye camera. And they decided, you know what, we really want to make our system cheaper, so we're going to ditch including the camera, and that'll allow us to launch at $399, which is good for consumers. It was very well received, but the new PlayStation 4 controller has this light bar on it that lights up different colors and it's something that the PlayStation camera can track. That's how the PS3's motion controller worked is that it would trace the size and position of those little glowing balls on the end of the move remote controllers. Uh, And now that the camera's not mandatorily included, it's going to be yet another peripheral that maybe never has a chance to take off, the developers aren't going to use, and a huge key feature of the controller is now pointless. It's just strange-looking. Yeah, you just have this glow bar that will... It will light up to give you information like, uh, it might turn red when your health is low or something like that, but really it's there for the camera. But hey, I don't know. I I still am very skeptical that Xbox One's new Kinect is going to really be much value at all. I'm still of the opinion that I'm just going to sit this one out. The this, whole console generation? Yeah. This or whole just gen, the first year? No, this whole gen, yeah. Whole seven years. Yeah, seven years of just going screw you guys you pissed me off yeah which is really funny because i'm not usually that personality type that's like but seriously i i just i'm i'm i i'm looking i get it's just like last time we talked about this i'm looking over at three dead xbox 360s yeah not one of which was mine one of which was yours one of which is bob's Mm -hmm. um mine's the nice looking one that's true (laughs) 
Noah's is... It has the nice burl wood faceplate. Yeah. Which I'm sure you enjoyed for the three days it actually worked. Yeah, I loved it. It was cool. I, when I got my Guitar Hero, I got a matching burl wood oh, faceplate yeah. for my guitar. It's rocking the, the fake wood texture. It's cool. Aesthetic. Unfortunately, they put way too much of their time and effort into making the cases look nice. Yeah. And not enough into, you know, present making the insides have any longevity. Yeah. And, and, and so that's part of it is like, I don't know that I'd want the, maybe, okay. So maybe your first question was more apt. Maybe I'll just sit out the first generation of the, these consoles. Yeah. Until they come out with their slim editions or their, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever they're going to do because yeah, I'm just not, not too, too keen on, on doing that again. And also, I just don't like the price point that they're launching at. Both of them, really. Yeah, I, I, the value proposition in the launch games aren't strong enough for me. No, not at all. And if I want all that power, I have my PC. Yeah, or which, we can put that money that we would spend on a console to upgrading our PCs. Yeah, which, you know, in order to play that damn Chris Roberts game, might just have to happen. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't necessarily complain about that. But that is some of our console news tangents. We were also talking about other consoles coming out or huge pieces of hardware. And last week we mentioned NVIDIA Shield. It was supposed to be out by the time we recorded this week. Unfortunately, that is not the case. (laughs) Delayed at the 11th hour. So it's a device that is delayed due to a mechanical issue. So that's kind of like saying I I cannot sing this evening due to a issue with my performance ability. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, well, it makes me I wonder. Guess, I'm like, does the hinge on the little flip-up screen, does that break? Well, yeah, or does it does catch it, on fire in your hands? Overhe- that was my first thought, was does it overheat? Yeah. Because... When you put something like that into that tiny form factor, I don't know. I mean, they do it with the iPhone, but uh, you just have to wonder if it's like, you know, is, are they overheating? What, you know, what are they, what, what is Well, shoot, problem? my smartphone gets super duper hot when I run any games on it. Oh, my. Just in a short period of time, it's like, well, it's like a toaster. If I put, if I enable Spotify on my iPhone and turn on Bluetooth so that it can stream to my wife's car stereo, mm-hmm. that thing gets molten hot. Because yeah, it's kind of scary. It's using the... It's, you know, it's downloading stuff from its network. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doing that with Spotify. It's you know, turning it into music, then using Bluetooth to shoot it to the console. That combination of things seems to just blow its little mind and the power <laughs> consumption is just like <laughs> so fortunately you can charge it so it can keep up but yeah it's like a really cool feature but every time i do it i'm like is my if i pick my iphone up will it just be like a piece of like slag or yeah. some, you know <laughs> leave scars on your hand yeah i mean it gets really hot so yeah it was only delayed for a month so apparently it isn't catastrophic it's been delayed to july but the mystery of what this mechanical issue is has not been stated yet. Probably because they don't want people to cancel their pre-orders left and right, I'm guessing. Yeah, but just when they say mechanical, it does sound like something moving as opposed to yeah hardware, you know, like something solid state. So maybe they're doing a, an internal recall on all the different units that have been created or something. 
and replacing those hinges for those screens or something. I don't know. I love recalls. I, I just got one for my, my car a while back that said, um, during in some climates, and it didn't say which climates exactly, <laughs> your steering column can rust such that you could be on the road and go to make a right turn and it would just break. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Holy cow. So when you get that in the mail, you're like, oh, I, I believe I... I believe this one, I, you know, normally it's like, you know, the trim on the rear bumper could potentially get sun faded really quickly. Yeah. You know, but this is like, no, you could die. You could just die. And, and I looked and I went and I said, what climates are you talking about? They're like, oh, anywhere where there's humidity because of rust. And I was like, well, it's like anywhere, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, we do kind of live in a semi-arid state, but still. There is a monsoon season. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I was just like, that's, no, that's wow. a recall. I still have to do a recall on my car. There was one that was for a child safety seat. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a child safety seat in the back of my car anytime soon, or at least Maybe in the duration of this one. Maybe if you the dog one. in one. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a safety seat for my dog. That's true. But then there's one for the little lights that I have underneath. Apparently, oh, they yeah. can catch it. <laughs> oh. I've known about that for about two or three months. <laughs> oh, well. It'll be another... Yet It's even a cooler effect than the light. <laughs> yeah. seen Ghost Rider. It's going to be very Back to the future Especially when your tires catch on fire. It'll be like, just like Ghost Rider. It'll be awesome. All you need is a chrome steering wheel, and you'll, you'll have achieved the dream. With hellfire. That's rain. nice. All right, so it's let's like move into some Valve and Steam news. I like your thought of your car on fire. It's cool. I'm glad that you're so caring. I am. I'm, I'm here for you. Green light super show. Oh yeah, that would be the one I didn't read about. What? Well, I I would I wanted to, but yeah. I skipped it. So we are going to show our amazing ability to think and talk on the fly, listeners, and tell you about the Greenlight Super Show. Quick to so, them. <laughs> <laughs> Valve has decided, you know what? Hey, this indie game scene is pretty damn awesome. We have this Greenlight program that works really great. But what can we do to put even more of a spotlight on these young or the well these young developers in terms of how long they've been around or small developers they're that, all about five to four feet tall. <laughs> that are potentially <laughs> helping keep the video game industry relevant as all these AAA houses fold in on themselves. <laughs> Under their own enormous weight. <laughs> much, like a, much like a neutron star. But as we know, the Steam Greenlight program requires democratic support. You have to be voted in to be noticed and cheered on and, and actually make it in onto Steam. The Greenlight Super Show is going to be a 13-hour web event that will showcase 26 games and their developers, all of which who are trying to get through the masses and be voted into Steam's Greenlight. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's going to be a little bit more of an in-depth look that goes beyond just the little simple trailer and paragraph of details about a game that's in the Greenlight queue. I just love stuff like that. It's just... It's so cool when you when they like you know they highlight these indie developers like the husband and wife duo that did uh, Legend of Dungeon and stuff. Yeah. I mean, just to see the yeah. people and to see what they're working on and how they're doing it and hearing their challenges mm-hmm. and. And that's one of the awesome things about again like you're, we've been touching on this theme before, but it does tie back to consoles. It's one of the best things about having a PC is that the indie game scene is the most prolific on PC. So if you really like indie yeah. games, 
that's really the system to have. But that said, there are exclusives, either limited to time exclusives or pure exclusives that come to PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo's consoles. And while the launch titles for the next generation machines may not be that exciting to me, I've been really paying attention a lot to, well, who are your exclusive indie developers? Who are your small developers? Like Sony has that game company which made Flower and Flow and also Journey, which are some of my favorite games ever. And then Xbox for a while had exclusivity to Limbo and... Uh, where's another one? Braid. Castle Crashers. Do they have the- Castle Crashers? I think was available there first. That's where I first started realizing the indie scene. Yeah. Value is Castle. Because at first it started out with mind. like hex, some kind of hex game, something else. I'm like, this is nothing. No. I'm interested in. The first couple were kind of like my initial impression of mobile games. Yeah. Yeah. And then I played Castle Crashers and was like, oh my gosh, this is... I'm a believer. You know, I'm still playing that game. I, I wish that I were playing that with you because I can't get past a certain part in the middle. No, I'm, I'm stuck assuming. at the same part. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, we should combine forces. We should, and have our... Yeah, have my, your... My, uh, my your clone. Padawan. Yeah, my, my Padawan learner. <laughs> my gigantic six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who you're training to be an expert gamer like yourself who well, hoards and hoovers um, up gold coins. Uh, um, um, yeah, money hoover. And then once I can teach him to trade that money to me for something that's under, utterly useless but makes him happy, it'd be perfect. Well, would it be like, would you, do you foresee yourself getting into a situation where you're like, if you give me 3,000 GP, you don't have to pick up the dog poop in the backyard. No. I no. You won't be making offers like that. No. No, <laughs> no that would be bad. No. <laughs> I, I, it is funny, though, because he just, it's like some innate sense that he just goes after the money. Like, there is nothing else that matters on the screen. And I'm like, there's stuff attacking you. And he'll just run through them and get the money. And then he, then he like, arcs back and s- somehow he lives. And I, I'm like, well, you know, it's working for him. I would like more of the money, but... Because he's going to spend it frivolously. He is going to spend it frivolous, frivolously. That word I can't pronounce for some reason. What other news do we have? Oh, my gosh. ID software president Ted Hollinshead. Oh, yeah. studio after 17 years. The rest of his body departed later. <laughs> Okay, I have to. I have to say, actually, that's his real name is Holland's Head. It's not Todd Holland's. But if you, if you, if you heard it the way I said it, it was more entertaining. Um, he of the long '90s ponytail, sporting the Michael Bolton, but with more of a hairline look. Really, um, yeah. He he's leaving the studio after 17 years, and um, you know, there's not much to say other than. It seems almost like ID is or id or whatever has kind of lost their way. I know they make really great engines, but the stuff being yeah. done with their engines haven't been critically acclaimed. Really, I mean, Rage was cool. Rage was okay. It was it was better than I expected, but it certainly wasn't a genre definer or innovator like Graf- Doom was. Graphically Quake. beautiful, but I got so frustrated trying to get out of the damn hotel. My dad had that same problem, actually. I I have quit playing it. If I had got out of the hotel... Yeah, it's at the very beginning, and you're like, the whole time, you're like, graphically, this is gorgeous, but I can't get out of this hotel. And it's it's frustrating, and I don't know that I really 
want care to, enough to, to keep battle trying through stuff like this, yeah. you know? And and also the the repetition of the um NPCs, they were all like kind of the same. They were all beautifully rendered. Yeah. All the same, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if, if this means much. Yeah, so really? he's been with them. He started at the top. He joined in 1996 as CEO, and he's been president of the developer. And now he's going to pursue other personal interests. Hair growing. <laughs> a Pantene he does spokesperson have, he contract. He has a fine mane of hair. I'll give he does. him that. He's, yeah. he's quite Solomon-esque. Or, yeah. Yeah. All right. Back to Valve. Valve I'm glad that you noticed that. Oops, no, sorry. Oh, no problem. Just had a equipment malfunction where I ran into the table. <laughs> yeah. Valve released some Steam trading cards. But, um... And uh, overhauled their community pages. What are these trading cards about? I don't understand this concept. That was interesting, because when I first saw it, I was like, trading cards? Can you, like, trade games with these or something? Yeah. But no, they're, like, they're digital trading cards that you are rewarded with for playing the um valve or yeah valve games that can then be converted into badges and after that i lost interest (laughs) (laughs) well apparently okay so they're not exclusively valve games they're games that you purchase on steam and they can be traded in for cash they can trade or cash in for rewards and you okay yeah, that's that. why I lost interest right there. <laughs> yeah, you've hit the same point. Well, it's kind of like just glorified achievements, which Steam already yeah. has. They're just visually enhanced achievements. That's that's pretty much it, as far as I could tell. I thought at first it would be like a really cool way to handle game trading or something. But well, why would I want to trade a card that I earn in a game with you? I mean, what value does that have to you? I don't know. It's like wow. I'll always cherish this badge I got that <laughs> was traded to me by Noah, who played a game I never bought. <laughs> exactly. With this badge, it, it is as if I had played that game and achieved the, you know, the inter- I finished the introductory quest phase, yet I never did, clearly, because I don't own it. You're a surrogate. Yeah. Or I'm a surrogate. One of us yeah, is a surrogate. Yeah, I'm living vicariously through Noah's game playing. So, Which, if yeah. I want that, I can just read Twitter and see people's automatic Raptor updates. It's great and all that they did that. I, I I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe they'll release more usefulness or details or something later. But Well, did you find this other Steam story to be of value? Yeah. Party the, har? The, the, um, <laughs> yeah, it did add value, but um, bump. <laughs> um, Steam Workshop has added options to share revenue with others, starting with Dota 2 and Team Fortress 2. So what it means is when people create these like mods and stuff or like hats and team fortress too yeah. um previously there wasn't a way to make sure that the money went to the right mod community members and now it looks like there's a way to do it or at least you can pick it from some kind of pre-populated um yeah that's kind of weird yeah it's still kind of like kind of like really so if, if you if you're like one solo person who made a hat once, would you be in the list of people you could get it to? I, I'm not quite sure how that works, but I like the idea. So fundamentally, the idea is that people who are creating content for these games and as mods or whatever, 
can be rewarded monetarily if you think that it's worth it. So it's kind of like a big donate button, in a way. Okay, so yeah, so it's it's like it's basically a way for modders to divert some money to like a freeware tool that they use. Like Blender was one example that they pointed out. Which so the creators still get money, but then they can also have a cut taken from Valve to actually go to software tool which creators. Which is awesome. Like that. Could you imagine if like a bunch of people for one of these crazy popular titles like you know Team Fortress 2 or Dota 2 if like a lot of them pitched money that went to Blender and so this like you know free open source product suddenly got like an infusion of like a hundred thousand dollars they weren't counting on you know Mm -hmm. what would that do that'd be well hopefully it would result in really nice upgrades to the software yeah Mm. No, and I have some small personal interest in Blender getting that money. So please, yeah. please go ahead and pay him up, <laughs> so that Dan has better tools to work with to make models. No kidding. You know what's funny as we look we look at these stories on the website is that even though Nvidia's Shield has been delayed a month, a major marketing campaign is still running for it in the ad banners. Whoops! It doesn't matter. It's like put the brakes on, put the brakes on. Sorry, yeah. can't. We already paid for those ad placements. Just take those ads and put them into Ouya, <laughs> so that they yeah. get some some How notice. Sad. All right. Well, you found a real gem of a game, and I love these like eight and sixteen bit re reimaginations or reinterpretations of games from that era from yeah. that era mm-hmm. especially when they do something crazy with the graphics and um so this latest one bro force <laughs> is described as gameplay trailer for bro force is an explosion of pixelated 80s action and bromance and it is like insane just the first 30 seconds of it are nuts cuz it's like it's a typical 80s 16-bit. It's kind of like Contra. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Contra, but with like blood and gore flying around everywhere and stuff Things falling. Things exploding. A destructible landscape from hell. I mean, the landscape just gets totally it's cool. Ripped apart. And then what's neat is that there's all these different avatars that you can play as, and I'm really surprised that they can get away with this, because oh, there's yeah. everything from Rambo, Bro Cop to Rambro and Indiana Brones and the Brominator. I mean, pretty much any macho dude hero from an '80s, and even all the way there's like a there's a Men in Black one. Yeah, a lot of references. Yeah, the, the, you can pick any of these different characters as to, to be the avatar that you play as. And then there's multiplayer simultaneously going on with destroying the environment, much like in worms, but also shooting everything to hell. So you can, you can look for the, um, the trailer for bro force. Yeah. And, um, if you go to free lives website, they've got a uh, prototype version that's playable and they're currently seeking approval via, um, steam green light. It all goes be, back to green light. Yeah, really, man. And it's slated for launch later this year. Now, this reminds me a little bit of Intrusion 2, which is just, like, awesome gaming goodness. That I think I sent you a screenshot of it, right, earlier this year? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, so if you get a chance, uh, if you want to play a game that you can actually download and play now, try Intrusion 2. It's awesome. It's all, I think the entire game was all developed by one person. 
Yeah, that um, was amazing. Some, I think the music was done by a friend or, or some someone he contracted, but I mean, most of the game is like a one-man show, and it's amazing. So, Have you checked out, this is a game that's been getting a lot of buzz, kind of a sleeper hit, Gunpoint? Uh-uh. It's it's got kind of an aesthetic that's similar to Flashback. Do you remember that PC game? Yeah, yeah. It's a stealth platformer game like that where you're going uh-huh. in and you're hacking electric uh, systems to get lights to turn off and turn on at certain points. So the, these guards who are patrolling buildings well, kind of like kind of like a Monaco but platformer. Yeah, kind of like that except with violence and you can punch. And sh- yeah, just watch the trailer. It looks really really cool. It just launched and apparently. It's really, really great too. Oh. So if you like well, that type of aesthetic, again? Gunpoint. Gunpoint. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. If anybody else out there has tried Gunpoint, please let us know if if all the buzz that's out there is true, because I think I'm going to get it just based on the buzz alone. Speaking of buzz, the Unity engine continues to be the fair-haired boy in the uh, game developer world, <laughs> and uh, they are they've taken one more step towards supremacy. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they recently went. Uh, they 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 went with a. They basically changed the pricing model so that you could um, target platforms such as the iPhone and the Droid without having to pay anything. Well, now they've added support for the Xbox One. It sounds like a mega deal with Microsoft because they yeah. got that, the Windows Store app, apps, and uh, Windows Phone Eight as well. So those are all going to be targets for that. Yeah, and this kind of takes me back to something that Nintendo has as a feather in its cap for Wii U is that if you buy a Wii U development kit, you get Unity included for free, and you can also apparently self-publish on Wii U. And one of the big drawbacks for any developers on Microsoft, Microsoft Service Xbox Live is that, or Xbox Arcade, you must have a publisher in order for your game to come out. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's cool that you can use Unity now, but you still have to have a publisher. That was that was like our one of our chopped stories from last week, which was Microsoft says talk to the hand. Yeah. Um, unless you're a publisher. Yeah, and Sony also will allow people to self-publish. I think on PSN, for PlayStation Four. So yeah, but Microsoft. There are some indie you know, publishers out there. So yeah, there are. You could find someone that's not. If uh, you really want to get out onto a certain platform. Yeah. I don't know how cost prohibitive it would be. Speaking of cost prohibitive, another thing that Microsoft got a lot of negative press for during the 360s era is that it would charge something like $10,000, $15,000 per update that you wanted to make to your Xbox Live games. Right, which is way out of scope for any indie game. Yeah. Developer. And I, I think this really hit Fez hard. That was a, a really sweet 8 bit style game a platformer where you rotated the environment and something that was a floor that you could walk on from one perspective when you rotated it 90 degrees then all of a sudden it became a wall that you couldn't walk through oh that's cool but you could walk under you know it's just a really neat game but it needed it was kind of crippled at the start and it needed an update and then the update was broken it turns out and then Microsoft's like we're going to double charge you then and they're like, well, crap, roll back the update. And it was just a big cluster. And now Microsoft's apparently finally learned from its less, learned from these experiences and all the negative press it got about it. And much like last week, has changed the policy, saying it's no longer going to charge developers for Xbox updates. So that is good. I mean, I feel like some developers 
have already been allowed to take advantage of that concept, whether above the table or not. Yeah, I think that's like, that that was a really bad idea. And I know their angle was just to make sure that they, that everything's the, quality the developers checked. had great quality control. Yeah. And I've, I've actually, I've actually certified a product to work with Microsoft before I've gone through that whole thing with software. Yeah. Once. And, and it was quite a pain in the ass. And that was with a product with great with a great development team, mm-hmm. not like some indie publishing company that, while it looks great, they maybe didn't go with every single hook that Microsoft wanted or something. Yeah. So I can imagine that was the primary motivation, not so much that they really needed the $15,000 per update. Yeah. But what a bad way to do it. And it's bad for one group of people specifically besides the publisher it's the the people that play the game because mm-hmm. if they're gonna if they're gonna only do these like roll-up patches to fix all these problems that you get way more infrequently it's probably gonna frustrate the players so i don't know interesting we'll see how this turns out if it makes for a better development scene on xbox because Xbox did have really kick-butt indie titles, and it seemed like it was a major strength and a major justification to get an Xbox 360. And in recent years, I, every once in a while, and in one of their seasonal promotions, like Summer of Arcade or something, something really cool would come out. But it just feels like that's that area has withered a little bit, especially compared to Sony, who put tons of dollars into co-funding indie development titles for PSN and oh, yeah. ended up getting some really kick-ass games for it. Microsoft's policies, such as this thing that was required for certification, did not help. Yeah, it's sad. It saddens me that I got a lot of enthusiasm for indie gaming via a Xbox Arcade game because they're like the least supportive yeah. that you could possibly be. But, I don't know. So, Noah, are you, are you in fear that there's a, there's a, cons- a decline in consoles... That it's the dark ages of console gaming, or do you agree with um, Sony Worldwide Studios president, whose name I will now butcher, Shuhi Yoshida? That's pretty good. Oh, thank you. I I just tried to say sushi, and it came out wrong. But um, anyway, do you agree with him that it's actually just because they let this generation run too long of consoles that they hit the, they got to the uh... long in the tooth phase. I think that's partially true, but I don't believe that if Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo had released consoles two or three or three years earlier, that that would have stopped the momentum that smartphones and tablets had. I agree it's not like people completely. would have, hey, I'm I can get a new Xbox. You know, I'm going to forget about upgrading my phone. Those things just don't connect. Yeah, we talked about that last week. That you know, the the. The phone, the mobile devices, the tablets, the phones, I mean, they're, they're like, just advancing so crazy right mm-hmm. now, or crazily. Yeah. The, the, the pace of it, there's no way that the way the consoles have always done it, they're not coming out with new models every year that take advantage of all the improvements in technology. Yeah, yeah, that's a, another huge difference in the model. But because of the way the competition works for these phones, and because the average um, life expectancy of a phone is two years because you know you can basically so your contracts are set up on. you get that auto refresh right yeah 
So it's, you know, it's a quarter of the time at the worst, but most people actually are dying to get the new phone one year into the life of their oh, yeah. current one. So, so much more marketing dollars are being put into the mobile space anyways. So, yeah, this guy can say what he will, but I'm kind of not buying it. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's, crisis. it is part of it, but there were really kick-butt games that have come out the last two or three years on Xbox and PlayStation and continue to be scheduled. At least for the next year, we're still going to see yeah, some really great games. He, he's got a lot of kind of old-school thinking there because some of the games that were kick-ass were more story-driven, so it didn't even matter if the developers were tweaking the the hardware to get the very you know the greatest whatever use of graphical the, of, fidelity of gravi- and graphics and amount of characters on and, screen and memory and, you know they talk yeah. about memory a lot our eight gigs will give us everything we need our it's, new consoles won't have such a short lifespan they won't peak in power so quickly yeah i don't think that's true but it wasn't at all really either. about that for some of those better games yeah um, indie, ga- indie games are again a perfect example of that. Oh, a 16-bit game that can totally, you know, mm-hmm. grab your attention. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's an optimistic point of view. It is, but it's really only partially true. Hopefully, it's continually reinforced by his underlings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Activision had an interesting take on the Xbox One. I I think I think it's true though. And as and being Activision they're not just targeting they're not just roped in with having to, you know, only distribute stuff for the Xbox. They've got They've got stuff on PC and on PlayStation. Right. Mm-hmm. So um Eric Hirschberg it would have been funny if I couldn't pronounce Eric. Um, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric. Eric Hirschberg. Um, but he's just basically saying, look, they've got this ridiculous price point of $500, $499. Um, they're going to need to convince gamers that it's worth the money. And yeah. and I think that is a big deal. Because really, they they should have they should have figured out a way to... Have subsidized the the cost of the uh, console with you know money they're making licensing games for the console. Let alone all the cable television, satellite television functionality that they're baking in. I can't imagine there's not some subsidized model out there. But they totally went with the greed model and said, "No, we're going to make you pay for what the hardware's worth." Yeah. And and that's awesome, except that people are not really excited about that. They haven't done enough to really justify the Kinect, yes. and that's the main reason that it's at four ninety nine. I can't justify the Kinect. I mean, there's so many problems with the first Kinect, mm-hmm. especially for people who are over six feet tall. Seriously, it it really sucks. Yeah. Or if you don't have a living room of the exact proportions required. I have neither yeah. of those in my favor. I'm six six, so my head's always off the off the scale, <laughs> and my my room is the the wall is too close to the TV. They so, apparently claim they've addressed that with the Xbox One's right. camera because it's got HD resolution and it's got a 60% wider viewing, viewing angle. But I will believe it when I see it. I will too, yeah, because they claimed a lot of stuff with the original Kinect. Yeah. And while when it, when it worked for some things, it worked really well, some of the things I really wanted it for just are 
utterly it's it's just it's so bad it's so frustrating that it just turned me off on it completely i haven't had it connected to my 360 for uh got a year wow yeah so i'm really glad i got it so it could sit in a drawer somewhere <laughs> i don't even know where it is honestly um but it's interesting publishers aren't complaining or taking microsoft to task yet for this price point and yet they have been complaining about nintendo's wii u price point which is 299 or 349 depending on which model package you get ubisoft going out so far as to say the price needs to be dropped has been ubisoft's been saying that since february or march and ubisoft also came out i I don't have it in the show notes but they also said they don't necessarily have an issue with xbox's 499 price point and have faith essentially that microsoft will justify to consumers that that price point is is reasonable considering the value that the console delivers I loved what um, the CEO, Eric Hirschberg, said at an uh, interview with Games Industry International. He said this, If you do a focus group of a gazillion people and you show them two prices for two competitive products, 100% always prefer the lower price. <laughs> yeah. It was just great to hear him say that. Because I, I would agree. I mean... I think most of us just really aren't sold on the Kinect as being worth that hundred bucks. Or a lot of us have a strategy. I think as you know, consumers go. It's like let me buy it. If if I had the option to buy it without the damn Kinect, I would do that, knowing full well I might pay a hundred and fifty dollars later for the Kinect as opposed to just a hundred. Yeah. Just because I could stagger out the cost, because it's hard to come up with that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Especially because you've basically paid for that in some crappy game that was bundled with it, but not the actual game you want to play. So yeah. that's another $69 tacked on. With tax and everything, you're looking at 700 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, holy cow. Being an early adopter on a, on a new console is a scary proposition because it gets expensive very quickly. Oh, yeah. Because it really it's does. always more than the console base price. Yeah. You want to have multiple games. You want to have multiple controllers. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, all the other little things. It's like, this is awesome. I have a controller. Oh, I need another controller. Yeah, because you want to show it off to your friends. You want them to come over, play it. You want to play stuff together, not necessarily always be stuck taking turns. Oh, I don't want to have to put batteries in it. I want the recharger thing, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, not good. So, just a couple more stories left. Riot is finally introducing a second ultimate skin. The first one was for Ezreal, Pulsefire Ezreal. Did you buy Pulsefire Ezreal? No, it's 30 bucks. I bought it. You did? Yeah, I've used it It is twice. really sweet. It's awesome how it like changes, it evolves. as you. Yeah, as you level up the character, it gets more detailed and fancy. And more clunky. It starts yeah. out as like clothing and becomes like Iron Man's armor almost by the end. It's... And that came out last year. So that was the big question, right? was like, why did it take so long? Mm-hmm. And it's because they put a lot of stuff into these things. And I think, I think, um, let's see, they were talking to the, one of the guys that works on these things. So the ultimate skin will be available for 1,950 riot points. So the new one, listeners, we haven't s- s- explicitly stated that the new... Ultimate skin is going to be for Udir. Oh yeah, sorry. Who yeah, is a shape shifting? He's annoying as hell if if played well. Yeah, but he's hard to play as well. Yeah, much like Ezreal. So he's getting a new ultimate skin, and he's his special abilities are centered around 
kind of summoning the strength of different animals to make himself more melee focused, more defensive, or more status inflicting. So they were talking to the um, visual effects artists, um, Dude Bro. <laughs> or is his name Riot Dude Bro? <laughs> Can't I can't tell, but anyway, they were saying, why did it take so long between skins? What's with this gap between the ultimate skins? And he says, it took us longer than nine months to make this skin. We were working on him before Pulse Pulsefire Ezreal came out. So it's 13 models, 4 plus animation sets, different sounds for each stance, custom effects per stance for minions, champs, jungle creeps, recalls, and emotes. Some even had max form-specific work. Phew, as though exhausted. But I guess he like also roars with triumph when you vanquish the dragon or Baron Nasher and stuff. There's other yeah. event driven kind of or triggered um, you know, special things. So when you think of a skin, you think of a skin, not thirteen plus models. Yeah, and because he shapes he basically summons these different stances. Yeah. Phoenix, bear, and turtle in addition to his traditional human form. It really is a lot more work. And Ezreal was like that too, because as you leveled him up from 1 to 18, he got more armor, more armor, more armor. And so that's essentially different models each time and, with different and the, animations yeah, and, and effects. They're changing up the animations because he has to walk like he's more cum- like it's more cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so funny because when League of Legends launched, it had such such bad artwork. and It was really the bad. Modeling, it really wasn't very good. And they, they're obviously going after their greatest weakness <laughs> with this just, like, absurd amount of overcompensation. I mean... <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. I mean, but it's you a, pay it's a, a premium you price. You pay a premium. Because a lot of skins, they're available for, like, 6 bucks, maybe 10 bucks, But this is triple or quintuple that. I, I can't see buying this one for me because I just never play that character. Yeah, he's hard to play. Had it been Tristana or Lolly, Poppy, well, Sever. Poppy. Or I'm sorry, not so- Sona. Sona. Any of those three, I would yeah. have done it in a heartbeat. But yeah. alas, I'm sure it'll they'll go after, like, I don't know, Katarina or somebody like that. Maybe it'll be another year before we see it then. Yeah. Yeah, next year. We'll see the next. Because Postfire Israel came out in June 2012, and this one's coming out in June 2013. Yeah, you're right. Or if not July 2013. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Final news story Google is apparently entering the console arms race. God, they're doing everything right now. They're in. So, this isn't a story, but it's something I heard on NPR. Or maybe it was yeah, it was Science Friday on NPR. Google is is trying to figure out how to be an ISP for like impoverished um, nations in the world, and so they've set up this series of blimps. Well, not blimps, but they're hot air balloons that are. I forget how high up they are. These things will stay up for only a hundred days, and then they have to be removed. But they they broadcast G3 signal back down to Earth. And they form a network with each other. And this, and they basically are encircling the Earth along one of the parallels. I forget which one. But it's, you know, it's kind of like midway between... It's, it's closer... It's south of the equator, I think. So this is to provide communications for 
everybody along that latitude, basically. That's kind of cool. It's really cool. What's crazy? Sounds expensive if they have to be changed out every hundred well, days. Well, what? So they have almost a one hundred percent recovery rate. So all the they they just they get the balloon to release this valve that drops it, and then they know where it's going to land. They have like GPS and stuff, so they intercept it and they get all the electronics and everything, and then just put a new balloon on it, send it back up. Um, but they're so high up that they're just bombarded with radiation and stuff, and they, they. Yeah. This is the crazy part. They can't. They can't steer them or anything. The way they move them is this advanced algorithm they came up with to figure out where they need to go, and then they go to the elevation where the wind is correct because they also have like weather sensors and stuff on them. Wow, cool. it's insane. So anyway, they're talking about how they can very sci-fi. Once, once they get that figured out, they can start to extend it. And have and start to broaden oh. bands of it and provide this cheap internet access to you know basically everywhere in the world. And that doesn't require cooking up deals with existing ISPs no, or owners of fiber do, cables and stuff like that. They're doing it all themselves. So you know they have that. They have that high speed bandwidth thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to everything else they're doing, they're also getting into the console. How do you compete with a company that's like, yeah, we're we're figured out how to provide internet access to you know third world countries, third world countries with with yeah. balloons? But apparently, this is a, a defensive measure because Google believes that Apple is on the brink of releasing some kind of console-like device, if not rebranding or reimagining Apple TV as a true console, and then bundling it with its own custom controller. I could seriously see them doing that because their mini now is like running an i7, which is what our gaming computers are running. For wow. like 700, 800 bucks you can wow. get one of those. So yeah. if they've got that kind of processing power in that tiny form factor already, I mean the only thing that makes the uh, the mini as big as it is is to fit in the optical drive mm. and I think they're moving away from that in the next gen where it just like the new Max they don't they don't actually have a optical it's purely cloud it's all from flash cloud. You, you install you can literally install your OS from the cloud yeah so wow. I'm wondering if that's what they're gonna do with the TV yeah so and Google is somebody who I wasn't really expecting to get into this and I don't really want them to I'm much more interested to see what steam does I am too but because Google's done this before. They've made their own tablets. They made their own newsreader and then took it away. <laughs> and they're apparently going to make some kind of smart watch, which is a little bit more that's also concrete. A thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, I, I was muted. That's also a defensive thing because um, Apple has a, a patent for a watch <laughs> that they're talking about. So it's kind of like the, Very monkey it's the monkey gamesmanship do. that you see between um, Google and Microsoft all the time where it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Google, you have a search engine, but you're making like, you know, Google Docs and and you have your own email system. Well, we're going to release Bing upon an unsuspecting population and see how that goes over, huh? What do you think of that, huh? It's like, you know, we'll we'll develop a search engine just to let you know that we know what you're doing because <laughs> you're invading our space or you're competing with office or something well and then google also released its own wasn't it laptop or something the google book or something like that budget remember. laptops that came out i can't remember it seems like there was some kind of hardware so yeah they just have 
all sorts of junk. So I, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because their tablets and their budget laptops are just, it's very varying quality, especially since most of them, they partner with some kind of third-party manufacturer like Samsung or somebody else to actually put it together. Yeah, it's hard to compete with Apple's quality. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have faltered recently on a lot of levels in a lot of places, but in general, their quality is quite a bit better than you know at least more predictable so yeah i don't know i don't know what i think about that we already have an android power gaming uh console with do ya yeah and the game stick or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know that google can do it really do it better but Yeah. yeah we'll see that's all our news but you know mark this episode may be approaching 90 minutes but it's still sorely lacking a very important element the, were we singing the song no oh. <laughs> DDO I want oh, to know yeah. everything that happened on the night that I couldn't join you because I didn't even have internet until so, like a day ago so yeah so let me recap it there's not a lot to talk about mostly because it was fairly repetitive but um, here's some of the highlights um, no one ever showed up so <laughs> we waited three hours for him. He never that made That is it. not true. Okay, so Noah had alerted us way in advance that he wouldn't be able to make it. So we knew we knew not to expect him. <laughs> Me and um, my loot were not there. Yes. Now there is... I did have an idea for your loot for next week. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what you could do with that loot. But um, so almost immediately... We we assembled our our team. Who was who was who did so show up? So we had we had Hilgi Scott. Now that was the first problem. So he had said months ago that he wasn't going to join us for this one or weeks ago. Yeah, no um, DDO for him. But it, just out of habit, I called him up on Skype, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm playing Swatter, and uh, he's <laughs> so playing Star Still Wars." Still playing last Republic. week's last month's game. Yeah, and 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 he's like, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to invite you it's just habit and he's like oh no problem and meanwhile the call had grabbed other people by then and so i had military scott agamemnon and southern fried scott in addition to having a hilgi scott so i had the three scots but one of them wasn't like the others he was he was doing his own thing and uh, he was playing he was playing a totally different game but he, he elected to stay on and just chat with us while we played um and so we ended up going into just well southern fried scott had a kind of a list of what we should probably try and do and we started to um we were doing these really cool outdoor missions oh that's and they were really, different than they, what we did yeah, last and time and they were in the the one we got into the last one we got into we didn't even finish we we were full of stuff the loot we needed to sell was it long like the sewer thing that yeah, we Yeah and week? it had, it was nested so there were zones within the zone uh, and and they were all outdoors and they were really cool and some of them were hard um, but it was a lot of kobolds but then later there was different types of people we were fighting <laughs> different um, types of kobolds yeah different kinds of co- it wasn't nearly like that last time but um still. <laughs> and that was pretty much it we just wow you know, that's played, it please Got into what, a couple quests, and then you were into some long nested quest, and then just bailed. In the yeah, we just couldn't. It was like eleven thirty, I think, and we were full of stuff, and we were maybe halfway through. So we decided that next week, when you play with us, we'll try it again. Um, but Southern Fried, Fried Scott won't be able to join us, so 
We decided you were going to tank with your loot. Because normally Southern Scots are tank. Are tank, yeah. And so now the bard gets to be the tank using a loot as a shield. Sing us a song of glory and smite <laughs> them with your loot. So, well, that's, that's kind of weird. Well, all right. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna try that same area. Okay. After we've cool, and I'd love to try an outdoor quest because we haven't yeah. really. Well, I haven't played one since the tutorial island that that had the snow yeah. falling. So it's 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 kind of an interesting area. It's it reminds me a lot of the scenery from the, from the beach from Age of Conan, which is exactly like the first outdoor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's some diverse, some more diversity to that to it than that. But um, yeah, we'll try that out and see how it goes. All right. And hopefully we can knock it out. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have some more stories for you next week, listeners. So that we were not. It was not for not. No, it was for us not to talk for about not. his news. Talk about news as long as we did, just because. Mark had told me before we started recording that he didn't have a lot of stories, unfortunately, yeah. about EDO. It was good times. I just, it just, we were really concentrating on playing. It got a little tougher. We did finally figure out the difficulty thing. Because, oh. so what is, what happens is if you play through um, a, a, a quest or a dungeon or whatever, then if you want to play it again, you have the option to increase the difficulty. But I thought we increased one to hard or elite last week and it was one that i'd never played before yeah i don't know if maybe it's the leader of the group or i don't know what the rules are exactly Weird. but somebody has to have played it okay so well that's good at least that mystery is solved and we can yeah i kept more blaming XP. people and threatening screenshots and finally <laughs> they just went to the wiki and told me how what it was <laughs> and shut me up and i was poised for the screenshot but when i for for whatever reason, the client for that game, when I like tab out, I'll tab out of it and back into it. If I do that more than twice, it almost always crashes. All of you have had these issues with crashing. It's really funny. Yeah. I've never, so far, I haven't had that issue, even when I'm adding people and removing people from the Skype call. Yeah, I have it all the time with that one. Yeah, several of you have said, ah, oh, my game's crashed, my game's crashed. And that's just kind of... It's surprising. The game's old enough you think they would have dealt with these types of issues by now. You think it'd have super stability like the WoW client has, yeah. you know. But, uh, anyway. Well, listeners, you are certainly welcome to join us on our Monday Game Nights. Our tour through DDO continues. We are now officially going to be in the second month, longer than Secret World. Yep. We'll be playing. It sounds like this is going to go for a full eight weeks. But just think, we've been playing for a month, but we aren't. We are still at level three. I know. Now, we do have that option. I think if everybody subscribes for a month, we can... Make an elite high-level character? Yeah, and try the higher-level content out. But it might be overwhelming. I don't know. I I don't know. I can't say that I have an immediate draw to it, because I don't... Yeah. I really do dig my druid. I mean, it's a fun character to play. I like... I can't say I really like my bard. Yeah. Not quite as exciting as the bard that I've played in real D&D games, especially with as limited as I am to use my spells. Yeah, that part's a bummer. And that there's, a, like in, in my real world D&D games, if somebody was in earshot, if I sang a song, it affected everybody. Whereas in this one, it's purely targeted, which doesn't even make yeah, sense. I don't even get that one. I, I don't know if we're doing something wrong or not, because <laughs> it just makes no sense that that's... I've tried burning them without targeting somebody, and nobody gets the buff. And he's the same... I mean, it's, it's the same company that makes a really well-played bard for Lotro. 
Yeah. I mean, I like the bards on Lotro a lot better. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I would. I don't know. I'm. I've just been surprised with the amount of support and excitement that this particular MMO tour has gotten. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I guess the last time we really had a similar groundswell was with World of Warcraft, which was understandable because that game is so popular yeah. and so well known by so many people. I would have thought maybe Star Wars or even Secret World. Yeah. But this one has definitely captured the imaginations of people. If you have intended to join us and we didn't meet up for one reason or another, please email us again and let us know. Yeah. Like, hey, I was on because during the midst of just meeting up on Skype and everything, we may not we may overlook the yeah. like hey wait we need to really, look for such and such person yeah if you want to join us it would really help to get to about level three and a half on the uh Argonescent. Argonescent server and then in advance of the monday night play session just send us your skype name that'd yeah. be the easiest way because then we can meet up then we can you know get you in the group in the game and everything yeah but if we know your skype name it'll be a lot easier for us to find you yeah because we definitely want you to be on the skype call with us it makes gameplay so much more smooth so much smoother and it's also often hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really fun. But yeah, that occurs every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern time until about 1 a.m. Eastern time. We'd love to have you join us, and we have not forgotten that we want to schedule some other off the uh, beaten path sessions of Planet Side Two, also World of Warcraft, Star Wars: Old Republic, something that Star Wars: The Old Republic. That's something that Mark and Hilgi Scott continued to play even yeah. today. And, and Southern Fred Scott, too, but he's playing his Sith. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I want to get back to it myself. Once my move settles down and I can actually walk around my apartment without <laughs> running into something. Yeah, it's always a nice feeling. Yeah. I'm going to uh, definitely get back into some more online gaming. Also, Neverwinter. Yeah, that'd be cool to check out. So if there are any special requests out there in listener land, please let us know. Let us know your feedback on this episode. Send all that into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmaster.com. You can also leave us a review over on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Our official handle there is at channelmassive. You can also follow Mark and I individually. Mark's Twitter handle is at C-O-Markham. At C-O-M-A-R-K-M. Markham. And then mine is at This Is Noah. I've become quite uh, intense of a Twitter poster since E3. We'll see if that continues. It's almost been, unfortunately, to the... Uh, negative to a negative impact on channel massive because i'm just <laughs> staying on my account talking to all the cool people that i have over there uh and then facebook facebook.com slash channel massive that will also let you know immediately when an episode has been posted over on the website yep thank you as always for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it and we will be back next week